0: Hello and welcome to Forgotten People. I'm your host, Steve Peace. I thank so much for joining us today. Now, the show is called Forgotten People because it's, it, it was originally based for the homeless and for the disenfranchised people who didn't have advocates. But I think bringing it over to Black Lives Matter and, and a lot of things that are going on right now in the world, I, I think it's appropriate. It's sad for me to see a lot of Weird texts and messages that I've gotten lately what's interesting they do outnumber the positive ones, which is strange I'm not used to that I'll be honest. A lot of people saying you know they don't want to come on the show because they they won't have a career after this, they won't have a career if they speak up. I think that's strange, and quite honestly I don't agree. some people saying that I shouldn't really be speaking because I'm not black that I'm white and I have no place to say anything. I think that's very strange, but okay. I have some people saying to me that uh, they don't agree with me but the fact that I am uh, out there and in the movement and, and, and not rioting, not picketing, but being part of the movement of a peaceful protest. I believe In peaceful protests, but I've had some people say to me that um, I have no right. First of all, because I'm not black, which is which is really a strange comment. Like you got to be really angry to be talking that kind of crap. But also, some people saying that I don't agree with protesting. Now, some of those people that say they don't agree with me protesting, one think that protesting and rioting are the same thing. They're not the same thing. Two. A lot of people came from countries to where if you protested, you'd be murdered like Russia or some parts of South America. You just straight out would be killed. And that I understand. But if you're an American, you're born here and you have the privileges that you've had, regardless of your skin color or your, your, your parents' nationality, the fact that you have a voice and Listen, you don't have to protest. That's perfectly fine. But if you're going to knock me for protesting, I, I find that to be strange. I, I think that's a very strange attitude to have. I think it's my God-given right. It's I think it's my constitutional right, First Amendment. I think it's my my privilege uh, to be able to protest. And I protested for many things. I protested for teachers to get paid more and or remember, one kid was not treated properly in school and couldn't walk across the stage, and we protested for I protested for a, a thousand things. So I believe in the concept of the only way for evil to exist is for good people to stand by and do nothing. Just want to give you my point of view. I didn't mean to lecture you all, but we have a great guest today. We have King Jaqu- Jaquil Martin on today. I think I screwed up his name a little bit. But we're going to bring him on right now. Let's give him a clap track right now. Let's give him a little bit of a clap track.
1: There you go. Hey, King, how you doing, man? What's good, brother? How are you doing today?
0: Good. That's going to make you feel good. A little clapping right there. <laughs> hey, got me in the
1: shirt.
0: <laughs> Now, I loved watching you protest. That, that was interesting. You put on those fatigues, and you went out there.
1: Um, yeah, well, King Jacquel Martin is my SAG acting name. Right. My real name is Carlos Martin. and Really? I'm a veteran. Yes, sir. I'm a veteran who served in the United States military for 10 years. That's why you see right. me in the military fatigues. Right.
0: Right. So why did you want to go out there and protest? I mean, other than the obvious, of course.
1: Well, one, I want to be able to honor my ancestors because I am a representation of my ancestors' dream because they never had the opportunity to do or live the lifestyle that I'm living right now. Secondly, I have two boys. And as a man, as I walk this earth, it's, I believe that it's my responsibility to leave it in a better place the next generation. So I feel honored, obligated to go out there to speak my voice. Because if I can do it for my country, why wouldn't I do it for my own people that look like me? Right. Right. I agree.
0: You know, my my brother was in the Navy. I, I've had lots of family in, in the uh, in the armed forces and what have you. My brother came back with some strange stories of racism that he saw in uh in the navy. Well can you tell us any stories that, that that you saw in yourself in the in the military and in, in the armed forces?
1: Of course um, I will say that they try to condition you to think that everybody bleeds good but that's a lie. There's a ranking, there's a power structure and we already know as we can see within the government he who has the goal makes the rules. Right. So for me um, I wonder if I signed a contract that was a lie. Right. And that's why I was out there talking to the National Guard. Even though the next time when I go protest, I will be talking to the police. Right. I want to talk to the National Guard about the contract we signed. The contract we signed, or the symbolism of the United States, would be the American flag. Do right. you agree? The American, okay. So the American flag claims to represent freedom, liberty, and justice for all. Correct? Right. What if that's not true, though? What if that's a lie? Because I don't see I think freedom it, for everyone. Yeah, I think it is a lie, actually. Yeah. So then I, my contract that I signed was a lie. Right. Bamboozled, fooled, because I felt like when I signed it and I put in that uniform, I put on a sense of pride. I, I wanted to serve and protect my country to have something better. So I put my life on the line for a country and when it's a foreign land with people who have done nothing against me to fight for a country that doesn't love me back. So if I can go over there to protect the United States, who's going to protect me when I come back home? And that's why I wrote my book entitled A War on Friendly Grounds. Because I felt yeah. safer in Germany in Bosnia than I do here in America. Right.
0: That's sad. You know, give a, Give us. You know, talk to us about that. Give us an explanation of why yeah. you felt safer. You know, in Germany, in Bosnia than you than you. I mean, Bosnia is is a hot spot for you for you know the ex Nazis and what have you when it was invaded during World War II and Serbia and what have you. Why why did you feel safer there than you did in America? Explain it to us.
1: Because the racism isn't as heightened as it is here in America. And the funny thing about it is when you travel and you get to see the world for yourself, you become more educated. Because sometimes you can be food fed propaganda from the media over and over again where it brainwashes you or conditions you it's like telling a child you're stupid you're stupid you're stupid you're stupid and then they grow up to believe they're stupid so they brainwash you with this land of the free home of the brave but i don't mean no disrespect we ain't never been free as black people in america i feel like sometimes the land of the free stands for you're free to be ignorant you're free to ignore what happens to me. You're free not to care. You're free to continue to make money off my back. You're free to continue to op- cultural appropriate my people. But in the land of the brave is the fact that we have to wake up brave every single day when we walk in our house, walk out of our house. I mean, we've got to be brave going to sleep because Brianna Taylor died in her sleep. We have to be right. brave when we go on a jog because all we die jogging. We have to be brave when we're eating ice cream. When you're driving, we have to be brave everywhere we go. While your kids get to wake up to a different America than our kids, because most white people don't have to tell their children, "Pull up your pants. Don't talk aggressive. Turn down the music. Be quiet. Don't talk back. Don't do." They don't have to grow up with those warnings. While we do, while we have to prepare our children to face what we call. The land of the free. Right. And that is the America that supposedly you patriots praise.
0: Right. We we have a, a large live audience right now and we have people listening in from all around the world, from Belarus to Peru to Chile to Russia listening right now. And let's 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 talk about what's been happening to Black America the past, maybe, you know, just the past month. You know, let's, let's, let's not go too far back, but let's just the past okay. month. We've had some horrendous murders going on.
1: Um, let's, talk, let's talk about yeah. a couple of those. Let's talk about a couple of those.
0: You know, who, who would you like to talk well, about first?
1: <laughs> yeah. The funny thing about it is I won't go too far back, but I will say this. Nothing yeah. is new. Right. The only difference is the technology. Right, is being filmed. Interview. Yeah, it's just being filmed for the world to see. Right. Uh, it's funny, it's like, it's like we're watching reality TV, but we're, it's right. not a TV show. It's the reality right. TV show in America. It's a, it's, it's, a it's a horror, horror show. If
0: there was any kind of reality horror show, this has been a reality horror show.
1: This would be it. And now yeah. the world gets to see the horror show that America has tried to cover up. And right. for the first time in my life, I see every color of the crayon box from around the world coming together for one reason. So I want to shout out to everyone in the audience. Um, I appreciate you guys listening and taking the time to tune in to want to grow. Um, Shout out to the people in Russia. (laughs) Previate Godzilla. That's how you're doing (laughs) the Russia. You know know what I'm saying? (laughs) Um, But (laughs) um, the,
2: the,
1: the point of it is, is it's not about a specific person. And I feel like I would be wrong for just identifying one person and going in on one person. What I will say is identifying uh, the specific history of what it's like to continuously be killed and what it's like for people to continuously ignore. And if everyone and all of your listeners from around the world haven't united or didn't unite, we would be on repeat. Napoleon Hill calls it hypnotic rhythms, where you know, right. you do the same thing over and over again and expect change. It's the insanity. So we can't just continue to march. We just can't continue to scream out and cry because they are right. back going on the King's generation. Malcolm X. Right. We're, right. On, we're on repeat. So what do we do differently now? We definitely have to get out and vote. We definitely have to continue uniting and coming together. We definitely have to continue for us to control the narrative, not CNN. Not Fox. Not only these other news stations that edit or change the reality of the truth of what's going on. Right.
0: Now, let's talk about reality. The yeah, they have really shown some real guts.
1: Oh my God.
0: They've shown some real power by going out there and yeah. doing their thing. Um, I, mm-hmm. I never, I never thought they would have as much balls as they
1: have. Isn't it crazy how? when you talk about the millennial growing up, get off your iPhone, get off that tablet, get off of this. Right. It's going to ruin you. Right. And those same tools that we wanted them to get off of are the right. same tools that are saving our lives today.
0: Right. That's crazy.
1: I'm very proud of them.
0: You know, it's, it's been quite a great experiment to watch this come into fruition.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's amazing. So I, for me, personally, I thank you. I thank you for not growing up programmed the way we had to view the world. I thank you for being free, for being your own thinkers, for being the entrepreneurs you are, for using your technology in the right way to be able to help change the world because the millennials, you guys are changing the world, and I love it. Right.
0: It seems like the perfect storm. You know, we had the coronavirus, you know, the unemployment, and then George Floyd died, and then the world just erupted. And I think a lot of people thought that people would peter out, that people would just get tired. But they didn't get right. tired. They just continued the mm-hmm. momentum. And to watch young people, I mean really young people, stand up for what is right, being on the right side of history, taking a stance, that's it's really inspiring.
1: I mean, we have, this, this baby can be no more than like seven or eight years old And she's at the middle of the protest on the microphone. Her name is Juanita Arma Rogers. I'm sorry if I said your name wrong. And she has the microphone talking to adults, talking about how black lives matter, how she shouldn't have to grow up like that. And it's just so powerful. It's just so powerful and it's so amazing. But what confuses me is how can you take a child that hasn't even become a teenager yet, and she right. knows the truth, but you have adults that still deny the truth, that want to be ignorant of what the reality that we wake up to in America. Right.
0: You know, now that you mentioned that, let's, let's talk about – let's steer a little bit away from it for just a second. Talk about Drew Bree from The Saints who was talking about Colin Kaepernick again and his taking one knee and talking about the flag. And I won't, I won't accept anybody who's disrespecting the flag. And he really pissed off his own teammates and a lot of human beings, basketball players. Just everybody just went up against him. He did put out an apology the next day, but I think he put out an apology because he got caught. I'll be honest with you. And it's very, really? it's very, it's very strange to take that stance after Everything mm-hmm. you've seen, after everything that's happened, I think it's very strange to ha- have that argument. And you talked about it earlier today, like that flag doesn't necessarily re- represent me as a black man. You know, when people, people fought with his fathers in World War II, those, those same black men were not accepted in America the same way he was when they came back home.
1: Drew has been able to benefit off the privilege of white America. Drew Brees, let me tell you something, bro. I used to be a fan. I was there when you guys won the Super Bowl. I was at the parade. But I want to tell you this Mr. Breeze. I was beaten in my military uniform. They beat me up while I was wearing the flag. Can you answer that? Can you tell me that you still respect the same thing? Because here's the thing, when you said what you said, you spoke freely. Right? You spoke from your soul. You told your truth, and you told how you really feel. But now, after all of this, after Colin, shout-out to Colin Kaepernick. I did an interview with his girlfriend, Ness, on the Hot 97, so shout-out to her as well.
0: Nice. Um,
1: Colin took a knee. Not only did he take a knee, before he took a knee, guess what Colin did? he went to the same soldier that you claim that they're disrespecting or the flag that we're protecting because the flag doesn't protect itself. The soldiers protect the flag. And Kyler went to a soldier and said, Hey, I don't want to come off disrespectful. Right. What can I do? How can I make this protest and use my first amendment of freedom of speech without being disrespectful to you? Right. So for you to sit there and try to hijack, the reason why he was protesting, because, Drew, how come you were talking about the reason? Right. How come you weren't talking about the reason Colin took a knee, but you could talk about the flag? Right. I don't understand that.
0: Uh, he was talking to a Green Beret, and he was sitting on, Colin Kaepernick was, was sitting on the bench uh, instead of taking a mm-hmm. knee. And he asked that Green Beret, you when know, Green Beret told him, he's like, I'd, I'd much rather you take a knee than sit on the, right. sit on the seat. So he he took a knee. Because that's
1: how we honor our our fallen brothers. That's right. Exactly. Exactly.
0: And when I heard that, when I, you know, when people fought taking a knee, you know, I, I I never looked at them the same way for some reason, because it just kind of showed me like, I don't think you really understand the argument at all, and it's not like your your heart or your ears are open to the possibility of what is really happening in America and why people are fighting. I don't
1: want to. You know why? Because that means I have to be accountable. You know what right. I have, means I have to do? I have to look in the mirror, and I don't want to see, look in the mirror. I don't want to admit it. I don't want to talk about my white privilege. I don't want to talk about how the, there's inequality between people. Um, I forgot that, I think the lady's name is Jane Elliott. She mm-hmm. was doing a seminar with a room full of white people, and she said, yeah, okay. yeah. how many of you guys are racist? Stand up. No one stood up. She said, Oh, okay. How many of you want to be treated like a black person? Stand up. Nobody stood up. She said, that's because you're all racist. And you all know there's a difference in how black people are treated versus how white people are treated. It's right. just that simple. Right. It's just that simple.
0: There's a difference." I'm, gl- I'm really glad you brought up Jane Elliott. You know, she's a, she's an incredible teacher and, um, you know, she was called an end lover and all these things around her, her life and her own people, her own um, peers went against her. But she, she did one great experiment where I believe it's the same one you're talking about where she talked to people in the audience, you know, young people that were in college yep. and said, uh, how many of you would want to be how many of you would want to be treated like a black person? And nobody yep. would
1: raise their That's hand exactly up. That's what I just said. Yeah, yep.
0: it's like. Then you, then you are complicit to white privilege and to what is happening to the black community because you, you wouldn't want to be treated like a black person and you know how they're
1: being treated right now. Here, here's the thing. Jamie Henry isn't the first person, white person, to be called a nigger lover. Let's just put that out there. That right. is muscle memory. That is years of muscle memory because when Harriet Tubman was freeing the slaves and she was right. slaves in white people's homes, they were called nigger lovers. They got killed. They got treated differently. And the funny thing is, is why is it every time somebody wants to do the right thing, their life has to be taken or the label has to be put on top of them. Right. Because you know there's a difference and you don't want us to be playing the same game. You don't want it to be fair. You enjoy your privilege. There's a scarcity mentality that there's not enough, and we must remain in power. Right. Well, we must continue to call ourselves the dominant race, but how can you be the dominant race when there is only one race, which is the human race? Right. Did you see that? Like, uh, to this,
0: go,
1: go, please continue. I'm sorry. Go. One second. No, no. It brings me to this idea, right? Why is it during Breast Cancer Awareness Month, nobody hijacks that? Right. You don't hear the people with autism saying, me too. Right. Why is it during Valentine's Day, people aren't arguing about Christmas or Thanksgiving or a different holidays? You don't hear anybody hijacking now. So mm-hmm. why is it every time black people have a movement, you try to change the narrative away to deflect from what the problem is? Black lives matter, all lives matter, blue lives matter, this lives matter. Right. Any, time we do something or to make a difference, self or become self-sufficient black wall street oklahoma bombing rosewood you burned it down to the ground that's right you don't want the change you don't want it i mean the narrative is black people don't want to do this but every time we do something you burn it down to the ground and then you preach that people shouldn't be looting rioting tearing up stuff but let me ask you something in all those million dollar museums you built how did you get those artifacts right You know, history is looting, burning, and killing people. How did you conquer America? Why are Indians on a small part of the land? What happened to the moors? Right. You've been doing that everywhere, but yet you preach right. not to do it. But then you can have white nationalists take over a building with guns, semi-automatic weapon guns, but then you can right. have a black person jogging the street with gold birds watching. The do you hear about that? The is going to call the police on them.
0: Did you hear that football player recently? He recently said that you know he just said this last night, or his texts were released from two years ago, where he said, you know, I really wish that guns were more expensive.
1: That way, black people would not be able to buy them. Did you hear the NFL owner say we can't let the inmates run the prison? Crazy. It's it's ridiculous. Did you hear how some white people or people say LeBron James shouldn't have a voice? Why not? Right. Because he's successful because he's one of the most dominating basketball players that you've ever seen, because when he's dominating and dunking and scoring, you're cheering for him. But if he stands up for black people, you're saying that he shouldn't do it. Well, if you guys remember when LeBron James came to Los Angeles, California, they wrote nigger all over his mansion.
0: That's right.
1: So you're going to tell me because he's successful that he doesn't have the same fear that we have. It doesn't matter how successful you are. Racism is still there. You can still (laughs) lose your life.
0: Yeah, they're saying shut up and dribble. That's basically what they're saying. Yeah. Shut up and
1: play ball. We gave you a privilege. You should be happy that we gave you this. <laughs> Who are you to complain? Right. That's just like, you know, we don't want to go too deep. Prince owning all of his masters. Michael Jackson owning his own. Cody Bryan about to start his own league in China. We don't want to go too deep. But, I mean, the fruits on falling from the tree, And you can see the trail of breadcrumbs of America. Right. right. And the millennials will not have it. And the no. will will not have it. America, they have removed the veil for everyone to see. And, yes, people are scared on the show to come on the show because they might get blackballed. Very right. true. But I want to talk to them, right? Because Colin Kaepernick is a prime example of people being blackballed. But I want to say this to y'all. Anyone who is scared, your job is your job. But your job is not you as a person. Right. How many times did someone else sacrifice their life for you to be able to have that type of job? I'm not saying you got to protest and march. I'm saying there's other ways to use your platforms and use your voice. Because right. when I interviewed, I interviewed Mr. Joseph Jackson Jr. from the Toluga 9, the Toluga 9 were the first people to go in, do the sit-in in the library. And let me tell you, Mr. Joseph Jackson Jr. said they had to go through special training. They had to get beat on get called nigger, uh, get waterboarded, and everything to prepare them for what they were going to face once they walked into that library. Because they knew once they walked into that library their lives would never be the same. And when crazy. he went into that library, he was so nervous that he had the book upside down. <laughs> and I asked him, who was more scared? He said, we both were because we encountered something that has never been done before. And it's sad. It's sad that human beings choose not to get along. It's sad that white people choose to try to dominate or be ignorant or be naive to the fact of what's going on. But that's starting to change too because you do have a lot of good white people over time that have always been down to lie and look out for black people. So this ain't right. for everyone. This isn't just white versus, oh, everyone, excuse me, maybe my words right. this is not about, saying all white people are bad, No one's fighting that. Because there's a lot of good white people out there showing up and showing out for the right reasons. And right. all my other white people out there that want to say, hey, what can I do? How can I help? How can I get your trust? Well, this is just like a relationship. You mm-hmm. got to continue to show up and do the right thing. Right. That's how you earn trust. You got to use your platform. You got to use your voice. You got to be able to admit that there's a difference. I wrote this text on Instagram, and it talks about unity. And you guys, in order to have unity, you have to go back into the Garden of Eden and look at that seed of racism that you planted long ago. Admit it, ask for forgiveness, make a difference about it, pull that weed, water it so a new plant can grow. Because we are only seeing the harvest of a seed of racism that was planted so long ago. And now the, it's on the show for the whole world to see. It's on display.
0: You know, what I find interesting is, you know, in 92, when I went out, and know, I was working for the police department for many years, I was going to College of Criminal Justice and Forensic Pathology, but I, I protested uh, for Rodney King. I also cleaned up mm-hmm. downtown as well as Koreatown. But there was a, mm-hmm. a a great amount of what you would call white guilt amongst a lot of mm-hmm. people. That white guilt. But I'm not seeing that. Well, I'm not seeing that or hearing that with the millennials that are marching today.
1: Oh, it's a new breed, the new millennials are a new breed. And so I want to do this, too, for your audience, because they might want to be like, well, who is this guy? Why is he speaking about this? Um, again, my name is Carlos Martin. I used to be a soldier in the United States military. I was stationed in a law school, Germany. After that, I wound up going to Fort Jackson, South Carolina. Me and my wife, at the time, she was inside. She had just got out of the military. She was studying to be a nurse. I was at work and about to go home. I lived maybe two miles away from the base from Fort Jackson, so this happened off base. Um, on my way home, um, I used to play semi-pro football. I used to take all the children in my neighborhood to the game, so I was very well known to my community. I was serving right. my soldier reporter. I was doing all these great things for my country and, and my in the military. In your community, yeah. So when I got home, there was a police officer there. He was running around the neighborhood. Um, He goes towards my house, and there's a parking lot shaped like a rectangle. He enters it first. I enter it second. We look at each other. I acknowledge him by nodding my head. You know how cowboys tip a hat or whatever else? Sure. He wrote this police report that he felt like I was teasing him by bobbing my head. Don't know how, but that's his viewpoint. I get out my car. I walk to the door. I put my keys in the door. I hear a car peel off. Next thing I know, I see this officer running towards me. Hey, you, hey, you, hey, you, come here. I'm out here for a noise violation. Truth is, we found out that he was supposed to be in our neighborhood looking for a white male flashing little kids. I'm far from that description. I didn't even fit the description. Right. He asked me for my license and registration, right? Now, mind you, I told you I was in Germany, so I lost my picture license in Germany. DMV sends you a paper license. So I hand him my registration, and I hand him the paper license. He said, dude, what the hell is this? I said, this. he was like, what? No, he said, what the hell is this? My response was, dude, if you just calm down, you can see him a soldier. I just got back from Germany, and it's a paper license. He cuts me off in mid-sentence. You will not address me dude. I'm a Richland County officer of the law. I said, sir, <laughs> you addressing me by hey, you. He was like, well, that's because I don't know your name. I was like, hell, I don't know your name either. Now, the funny thing about it is, just like the millennials with the camera, Sometimes God put people in the right places for the right reason to catch everything that's going on. Police officers' mother who lived above me, what happened to a boy, be a black female, she watched the whole thing. Now, in 2005, videos wasn't that big of a deal like the millennials had. Pictures right. were. So she runs downstairs to get my ex-wife, um, and she comes outside. He slams me to the grill and he starts beating me, punching me in my face, kicking me telling me how I'm nothing but another black statistic, how he's glad Johnny Cocken is dead. For those who don't know Johnny Cocken, he's a famous black lawyer. He's making all these racial slurs to me. Tashiana, she comes outside. She's surprised about what happened. She runs in the house. She goes and gets the phone, like the millennials. But instead of taking video, she takes pictures of the situation that's going on. Now, I told you guys I was very popular in the community, so all the women and children started coming out, watching this officer beat me in my military uniform. Um, He brings out a can of mace, and he spray paints me. He uses a whole can of mace on me.
0: You're trying to tell me that he's beating you on the ground, and then he maced you on
1: top of that? Yes, sir. Wow. So mace only works if it gets in your pores or it gets in your eyes. That's right. Now I'm trained for these types of situations because I was just basic training in the military and we have right. to go through the gas chamber, which teaches you how to handle a situation like that. So I cover my eyes, I hold my breath and the mace didn't work on me like it would work on a regular civilian who wouldn't know what to do in that situation. So then he became even more violent and kicking me and doing knee strikes in my rib and everything else because he thought it, he claimed that I was on drugs. He assumed that I was on drugs because I didn't act like someone who didn't know how to handle a situation with me. Right, right. So then he gets on the radio. He says some police call. let's just say it was 1032, 1032, um, officer in distress. Right. I understand why the other police officers came. Because if you have a police officer saying they're in distress and it sounds like they're in a big fight or they sound like they can get hurt, you're going to want to come ten- protect your brother-in-arms as a police officer. But I do know this. You have police officer training, and anytime you arrive to a situation, it is your job to evaluate the situation before you act. Now, mind you, the police officer never followed protocol. He gets there. He, officer, um, ben, his name is Officer Benjamin Fields. He says to Deputy Joseph Clark, I don't want to cuss on your show. Get her no. She has pictures of me. Words, words oh, are your words, man. I, this, is,
0: this is an open forum.
1: Okay. You can say whatever you want. Okay. Well, he said, get her, black ass. She has pictures of you. So they run up on my wife. First of all, imagine being a soldier, getting beaten in your military uniform after serving your country. Right. Then you have to watch your wife get beat in front of you. I can't tell you the pain is how that felt. They
0: started hitting your wife. So,
1: yeah, so because she had pictures, they ran up on her. Joseph Clark ran up on her. He throws her into the corner. He puts her hands up in the air. She drops her cell phone, and then he handcuffs her. After she's already detained, he picks her up by the back of her arms while they're behind her back and body slams her into the ground face first with nothing to break her fall because she's handcuffed. I'm crying out to God. She's crying. She's hurt. Jarrell's mother comes out, and she's like, oh, my God, what are you doing to this? He tells her if she doesn't get her black ass back, she can go to jail with with us. So, of course, naturally, she's going to back up. They put her on one police car. They put me in the other police car. Now, all the other police officers are showing up. I asked, can I get the cell phone? um, Officer Fields grabs the cell phone. He says, you can have your cell phone back if you delete the pictures. I said, hell no. That's our evidence. Why would I delete that? He's like, well, they ain't going to help your black ass anyway. And matter of fact, I'll turn it into evidence for you. So, he takes the cell phone. He walks over to, and it wasn't locked. He walks over to Joseph, Deputy Joseph Clark. He shows him the pictures. Right. They go through the pictures and they start deleting pictures. They only left two pictures to make it seem as if the officer was doing the right thing, which I can send you the pictures, which are on my Instagram just as well. Right. Um, and my Instagram is King Jacquel Martin. That's K I N G J A Q U E L L L M A R T I N. Um, that way you can see the pictures, you can see the book and everything else there. Right. So now, he, now he's taken that. So the paddy wagon comes. When the paddy wagon comes, they put me in first, and then they put her in behind. They tell my wife that they're going to take her to the hotel. He claims the word hotel was meant for jailhouse. But I don't know in what police manual or what police train, excuse me, let me back up. While she's on the ground, three different officers sexually harass her. Now, when you frisk a woman, you're supposed to use the back, back of your hand so it's in the like you're not groping. That's, That's right. called police protocol. When a female officer is on the scene, because the black female male officer came home, they would not allow her to search my wife. Three different male police officers did that. You would almost think it was the scene from Crash. Right. Then they put us in the back of the paddy wagon, and then they tell her they're going to take her to the hotel. Thank God for the officer that was driving the paddy wagon. He wrote a statement for us. We go down, we get booked. Um, she calls her lawyer, we get out on bond the next morning. I go back to the military, I tell the military what happened. Um, my first sergeant, he took great care of me. He knew I was an outstanding soldier. He knew how Richland County acts in South Carolina. These are the same officers that arrested Michael Phelps. This is the same police officer who beat up the little girl at Spring Valley High School, the one that was sitting in the desk, and he, she flips over her head. That is the same officer that beat me up in my military uniform. So not only did he beat me up in my uniform, he beat up, a I believe she might have been 16 years old, a 16-year-old girl in the classroom. So I go back to the military. Um, my first sergeant winds up going to a new duty station. A new first sergeant comes in, which happens to be a female, Her name is Penny Wong. Um, And Command Sergeant Major, who happens to be a black female, Joseph. You would have thought that I was Rodney King, because basically that's what I became in the hospital. The jokes, um, I got treated as if I was guilty. Um, um, I was given Article 15, which is discipl- discipl- disciplinary action against a soldier. They took my money. They made me stay late. They made me cut glass. They kicked me out of the hospital. Now, all this happened over a four-year period until I got to court. Wow. I even went to the NAACP in South Carolina to ask for help. They asked me how much money was I donating. Now, I'm not talking about the NAACP branch. I'm talking about a branch of the NAACP in South Carolina. They asked me how much money I was donating. I reached out to the ACLU um, all these different black organizations to try to get help. I couldn't get any help. I finally go to court. We were found not guilty on all charges. The judge damn near cried because of what these officers did to us. And she almost put him in contempt of court for lying on the stand. Right. right. So I, I go back to the military, the military finds out I'm not guilty. Now, mind you, I'm a medical soldier that worked in a medical hospital, and when I was getting put out the military, I was getting a medical retirement. So the same people who blackballed me were the same people who did my medical retirement. They tried to put me out the military with zero percent. My mother, who was a first sergeant, said, no, son, we're not going to allow this to happen. She came over from Lee, Virginia to Columbia, South Carolina with me, and we, sent, we put all the paperwork and documents that I had together, and we sent it to the White House. I took that same paperwork and I went to the post general and I gave him the paperwork. He saw everything that happened to me and he changed my medical retirement to 70%. Right. So three months later, I had to do another medical evaluation. The same people who blackballed me dropped my medical retirement from 70% to 30%. Now this is all in like maybe 2009. It's two, right. It took to 2015 or 2015, 2016 for me to finally get a hundred percent retirement. Now I'm fighting to get the back pay of what happened to me so long ago. Now we went to the civil suit. Tashiana, in her case, I was not allowed to be a part of her court case. I showed up anyway. When I got there, the judge admitted in court that he knew the head juror. He said the head juror's dad helped build the courthouse.
0: That is not Appropriate.
1: It's not legal at all. It's not, it's no. not even legal.
0: No, but, but that's not legal. But we
1: used to getting away with something and it's on docket, I forgot how you said it. Is it the stenographer? How do you say the person who takes the notes? A, a stenographer. Yeah, that person. There you go. Um, it's on record, right? Right. All of them were together and they threw Tashiana's silver thread out because they said she was too close when she took the pictures of But if you remember the razor phones and the flip phones, You can clearly see she wasn't that close because you got two grown men in a small foot, phone picture. But because they were in cahoots and they did not need to be a part of her court case, she wanted to lose in her civil suit. Now, it's my turn to go for the civil suit. I'm young. I don't know that much, you know what I mean, to be honest about the law. And so my lawyer tricked me out of my court case. My lawyer told me that if I drop, you got to be able to play ball in court. You got to give to get. Right. And so if you let go of the assault charges, we'll get them on defamation of character. We'll get them because you lost your marriage. We'll get because you lost your career. And we'll make, you know, all this money over here. Right? And I'm like, yo, that doesn't make sense to me. Why do I have to drop the assault charge when this is part of what they did to me? I shouldn't have to drop any charge. He's like, this is a one-time bill because we had to pay $10,000 to go to criminal court. My mom paid for that out of her pocket. And, you know, when you're in the military, you don't have a lot of money like that. They don't, right. It's not like you're making millions of dollars in the Army. Right. So he said that he would represent us pro bono in the silver suit if I signed his paperwork. If not, right. he had to pay $20,000. I didn't have $20,000. And he put me on a time limit. So I'm trying to – he's like, you don't have enough time to call your mom. So he pressured me into signing this document. When I signed the document, they threw my court case out. So I still have never been to court for my civil suit. My court case is supposed to be sitting at the United States Supreme Court. Still ain't heard. But the problem is when your court case is at the United States Supreme Court, they try cases when they want to try cases. So it's not even a guarantee that my case will ever be heard. And they probably won't never try my case because how do you tell America the people that are protecting us are getting beat up by the police? How do you put that message out? How do you tell the truth? So I'm still waiting for my day in court. I'm still waiting for my opportunity. And that's why I'm here speaking today about this topic and this issue. Now, mind you, the same officer did the same thing. to I, 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 I. My friend Sheldon, who went to Spring Valley High School with the girl who got beat up by the same police officer, sent me the video. So when he sent me the video, I was like, hey, I know that officer. That's Officer Benjamin Fields. That's the same officer that beat me up, and him and Joseph Clark that beat me up in the military uniform, right? The, uh, the owner of WIS lives in South Carolina. His son lives in California, and I was standing in Burbank at the time. He mm-hmm. comes over. He does an interview with me. The interview goes out, and then next thing you know, I get an interview with Jay Tapper. Uh, they fly me out to New York. I do the interview with Jay Tapper, and at the end of the interview, Jake Tapper said, you know, the setup question. No disrespect to right. Jake, he got a job to do. And, you know, when right. you're on the news, it's not really about what happened to you. It's more about ratings and your story and emotion and stuff. You know, sure. what I mean? that's how they make money and propaganda off of it, right? So right. Jake asked the question, if you saw the officer again, what would you say? Now, you know, that's an emotional trap question, sure. right? Because um, some people, I won't say Jake Tapper expected this. Shout out to Jake Tapper. Thank you for taking the time to interview me. I appreciate it. And I know you were doing your job. I I said, I forgive him. Now, my forgiveness wasn't about me not being angry. My forgiveness was so I could have some type of inner peace. You know what I mean? Because if I didn't, I would be a walking grenade full of anger. But what I decided to do was figure out a way to change all of that. So my mom, she says, baby, you know what? We're going to go to CEO space. I'm like, what's that? It's a uh, uh, worldwide entrepreneur, entrepreneur conference. So we go to this place called CEO space. You know, I didn't really want to be there because I'm in a dark state of depression about what happened to me. Because I go from being an outstanding soldier and what's right. the to and all these awards to not have that job. You know, it, it, if I, I,
0: a if job. I can, if I can pause you for a second, I, I find it very interesting that you go, you're in the military, you go through all these countries, you do all these things mm-hmm. And most likely, you, you didn't get PTSD from your experiences. And you come back to America, and the, the, the very country that you're trying to protect
1: gives you PTSD
0: with all your experiences.
1: Yeah, 100%. That's why I said it's a war on friendly grounds, not a war in Germany or Bosnia, right. even though right. we were in Iraq and Afghanistan. And our right. job was to triage the soldiers when they got injured before we send them back to the States. Right. Please so, continue. Um, no so I go to the CEO space. I meet this amazing white woman. Now, we are from, people are from different cultures, and people from different cultures do different things. Sometimes, like, when you want white, people be like, yo, can I touch your hair? Weird. You know what I mean? Because right. I would never go to a white person and say, can I touch your hair? It's just difference <laughs> of culture. Right. So this white lady... <laughs> She comes up, and she touches me on my forehead and touches me on my stomach. She doesn't even know me. And in my mind, I'm like, what the hell is this woman doing? Her name is Myrna Durant. She's no longer with us. Um, her nickname was Goddess Fahadi. Changed my life. She said, baby, you got to give birth to that. I said, excuse me, ma'am? She says, okay, wait, let me slow down. You might not understand. You look like you play sports. You're not being racist, but you just like, you might be an athlete. Who's your favorite basketball player? Shout out to my hero, Kobe Bryant, who is no longer here. Black mama Kobe. friend. Go Kobe. I said, Kobe Bryant went to Lorient-Marion High School, won five championships, scored 81 points versus Toronto, scored right. 53 points versus Dallas in three quarters. She said, oh, let me stop you right there. Baby, you know a lot about Kobe. Now, what's your stats? I said, ma'am, she said, you heard me. What are your stats? You mean to tell me? You know everything about another man's life, but you don't know what is happening in your life, and you don't see nothing wrong with that? Right. Do me a favor, and I want all my audience listeners to do this. Look around. Everything that you see is someone else's dream. And if you're always participating in their dream, who's participating in your dream? Right. And why is their dream more important than your dream? And that, that just blew my mind. That's powerful. She says, most wealthy, right? Like, like, like it, really think about that, right? She said, most wealthy people look at most minorities as no more than the jester in the king's court. The reason why is because they dominate everything they do, but they don't own nothing. And the power is in ownership. Kobe Bryant will never be Jerry Buss hmm. because he doesn't own it. She says, but you got to understand this in life. Business and the plantation is the exact same thing. It's the same structure. Because on a plantation, you have a slave, you have a slave driver, and you need half master. Hmm. In business, you have a worker bee, a manager, and a CEO. So my question to you is, what plantation do you work for? Is it Google or is it McDonald's? And isn't it amazing how you can be more disciplined on a nine-to-five and some follow someone else's rules than to do the same thing for yourself? Right. And it just changed my life. So I moved to L.A. I became an actor. Um, I was doing security work, you know what I mean? So all those celebrities that I was, like, was just so amazed by, I started meeting them. I was like, man, one day it's going to happen for me. I booked a national commercial for Bank of America. That's how I became SAG. And I was doing security for Fox Studios. All the different studios I did security for. So all the security guards, when the actors came in and they had their big trailers, we did security for that, right? Next thing you know, I wound up booking HBO Ballers. So when I booked HBO Ballers, right, the same place that I was a security guard at is the same place that I walked into my trailer at. And I seen all my same friends that were security guards. And I was like, man, there's no difference difference between me and you except for the choice. The choice to have a different life. The choice to make something different. The choice to continue. The choice to make a limit out of And so that's how I wound up going from wrongfully facing 10 years in jail to being on HBO Ballers. Now, this is the amazing thing about Ballers, right? Ballers was one of the top shows on HBO already. That's right. Season 4, episode 10, they do a show about Colin Kaepernick. And it was all about the right of athletes having the right to... About I what's remember going that episode. Did,
0: great episode.
1: Right? Great yeah. episode. They it's did not episode. have to test this topic. Yeah. When the director found out who I was, they took me over to the creator of Ballers. And I told him, man, brother, I just want to thank you. And I teared up. Because I felt like nobody freaking cared. Nobody, nobody wants to know the truth. And people want to run from it. And for you to have the number one show and to talk about that subject and the way that you talked about that subject, I'm grateful. I'm thankful. I appreciate it. And you just don't understand how much of an impact that made for me. Right. And guess what happened? I wound up having a book signing on Ballers. Hmm. Not selling the book. Because it ain't about just the money, you know what I mean? Even though that's something that right. we need to sustain a life or whatever. Absolutely.
2: And I'm just giving the
1: book away because I had some in my trunk. And I wind up signing books on balance. And You know, shout out to Chris Longston and Aaron Frazier and all the people. You know, Dwayne Johnson and uh, John David Washington and all the amazing actors that's on board. It just yeah. gave me this amazing opportunity. And now I'm on your platform. And I'm speaking out because I want to see change. I want to be able to build a bridge between the public and the police. And so my solution, my solution, just an opinion-wise, I believe police officers' training has to be longer. I believe mm-hmm. if you have sexual harassment training in companies, then you should have sensitivity training for police officers. Right. I believe police officers need longer vacations because if you do the same thing over and over again, you become desensitized. That's like if you want to be a nurse, right, and you go in and you want to get the greatest care the first day of work. After a while and how people kick you, treat you, you <laughs> – the care ain't the same no more. Right. I feel that's what happens on the road. I feel like police officers work the neighborhoods that they live in so that way they can be familiar with the people. Right. Now, that's on the police side, right? Let's do this for the citizens because we have a responsibility in this too. I believe that there should be classes, middle school classes, high school classes, to teach you how to handle yourself when you stopped by the law. I think Colin Kaepernick has it right. You should know your rights. I think there should be classes Dedicated to knowing your rights and what is right and what's not right. And I think the body cam footage should be live streamed. Hmm. That way it can't be tampered with and everyone can see it. These are my solutions. This is how I'm stepping up to the plate. This is my activism. This is my protest. This is how I want to honor my ancestors and I want to make a difference for the future. And this is why I'm on your show and I'm just grateful for the opportunity to be here because I feel like God gave me these two powerful quotes and I always say these two powerful quotes every time I'm on the radio because I believe that you know I can't change nobody but if I can just get you to look in the mirror which is the name of my own production company that I'm starting if I can just get you to look in the mirror you'll want to make the change for yourself so quote number one what makes a rainbow beautiful is it not the diversity of colors well if that's true Is mankind's kryptonite trying to make one color better than the next? And if that ever happens, is it still a rainbow? I think not. So why are we destroying something that God created beautiful with invisible lines of hate? We are all six degrees of separation from loving each other, from getting ready. That's quote number one. Quote number two. It's a question for the audience I just want y'all to just think about this for a second please if you die today would you get an A plus on life's report card if not and you're blessed to see tomorrow you better wake up and live like it's extra credit because tomorrow is not promised every right. breath you take is a closer day or every opportunity you get is a ch- is an opportunity for change but it's the closer day to your grave. So what are you waiting for? We can make a change today, America. We can make a change today, world. And that's what I see. I see us making a change because America, the world is watching. President Trump, the world is watching. And if you don't want people looting, rioting, and shooting, then how can you preach that propaganda? When the looting start, when they start looting, start shooting. Well, we are a reflection of our leadership. And if that's how you are gonna lead us, you can't be mad at us for following your example. What type of example are you setting? What, what, what type of example are you setting for people like Brianna Taylor? Because I haven't heard you speak about her life yet. Not yet. Those officers haven't been arrested yet. And shout out to all the black women. Shout out to all the black women because when black men get hurt, murdered, and killed, you guys are on the front lines. And I want to challenge every black man, every person to show up for black women the same way they show up for us.
0: You know, let, let's take a second right now to, to talk about Brianna Taylor, because today's her birthday. You know, yes, and for the audience, I, I, want, I want you to understand what, what happened. She, there was a no-knock warrant. A no-knock means that they don't need to knock. They don't need to assess the situation properly. They don't need to claim who they are. They can just bash down your door and go on in. On the opposite side, you have what you call the castle law, which means that if you feel like your house is being invaded, You have the ability to defend yourself. As soon as somebody, one of the officers, just knocked open, started knocking open that door, her boyfriend, who doesn't have any warrants, doesn't have any past law against him, no misdemeanors, no felonies, pulled out his gun and made one shot, one shot out that door. It shot a cop in the leg. Now, he's in prison now. And this is my biggest problem. He's in prison now for an attempted murder for a police officer. And, and Brianna Taylor is dead. She's dead. She's gone. And I want to see him freed. I want to hear your opinion on this.
1: Not only should he be free, he should be able to sue because of right. the loss of Brianna Taylor not only is it, it – this, this is what baffles me. How is he locked up and the officers ain't been arrested yet? Right. Can, can you answer that for me? So it's okay for somebody to wrongfully kill someone and they not get arrested, but it's wrong for someone to rightly, right, rightfully defend? Right. Women? See, it, it reminds me almost of my situation because how is it okay to sit up there and watch somebody violate your queen and expect us to, to fight back. Now, right. here's a question for, the, for you yeah. and all the cops. Because that, that line is drawn in the sand. Would you have done the same thing if that was your daughter, your son, your sister, your mother, your cousin, or someone you knew? So why right. is it okay for you to see your skin color and be like, that's okay to have a license to kill?
0: And, and would this guy still be in prison right now if he was white? I don't think so. I don't think so. He think would be so. a hero. That's
1: right. He'd be a hero. That's right. That's, how you, that's why you can have someone like Colin Kaepernick, by the president, call him a son of a bitch and everything else. And then when you have players like Drew Brees, they get praised. <laughs> Black people are angry and bad and, and all these other different yeah. derogatory terms. But when white people show the same aggression and passion, they're passionate. Right. That's championship material. It's amazing the different labels that we say for the same thing. In my book, I say, isn't it amazing how two people in the same state can do the same crime, but the color of their skin is their VIP pass to freedom? Right.
0: Right. You know, it's interesting. You know, one of the things that we were studying, criminal justice, and, and it's something you learn early on uh, when you're studying criminal justice, is that there is such gigantic disproportionate uh degree when you look at the prison systems of like because when you look at the black population they're 8 to 13 percent of the entire american population but they take over about 60 to 70 percent of the prison systems and that doesn't make sense to anybody who knows statistics knows the law or understands how american because basically what you're saying is that black people are criminals that's essentially what you are saying out loud
1: Well, here's here's the funny thing about the system, right? The legal justice system is perfect. It is fucking amazing. Now, people are going to be like, what are you talking about? How is it perfect? Why are you saying this is amazing as a black man? Because it was never made for me. Right. It was made for white privilege. And it works perfectly. It is amazing for white privilege and those who have money. It was never designed for me. You know why? Because I was always considered three-fifths of a man. The national anthem that you want me to sing was never written for me. That's right. And it's amazing. I joined the Army thinking that I was protecting my country, but guess what? I was no more than a hired thug in a big gang protecting people who never wanted to protect me. And that's why I understand why Muhammad Ali had said what he said. Yeah. Why would he go over there to foreign lands and kill that's somebody right. who ain't never did nothing to him, that ain't never called him a nigga, that ain't never treated him wrong? And that's why you saw me outside at the protest talking to the military. Right. Have we been bamboozled? Have we been lied to? I, you ain't got to say nothing because I know your rules of engagement won't allow you to, but you are a person before you are a soldier. That's right. Have you been lied to, brother? Have you been lied to, sir? Have you been lied to, captain, sergeant, whatever your rank is? Have you been lied to? Because I put my, I didn't put, you know what? This, this might get me blackballed, banned, or whatever, but I don't care. I never put my life on the line for the flag. I put my life on the line for what the flag claimed to represent, but it doesn't represent freedom and liberty and justice for all. So I was lied to. I was bamboozled. I love America. I love my country, but I do not love what it stands for.
0: How has that affected you, as a as a man who served our country honorably? That was somebody who participated in the American experiment, who was part of of you know not a lot of people would want to be a soldier. Not a lot of people have the guts, including you know a lot of people in the mil- a lot of people who are in office right now, and I'm not going to name any names, but you know you know like President Bern- Bo- Bone Spurs. You know so a lot of people right, not a lot of people would want to be um, in the military how, how, does, how does did your did your own people did your own soldiers that stood side by side with you did you feel like they had your back?
1: My friends had my back, but the military absolutely not. The military one hundred percent turned its back on me. A hundred percent turn this back on me. And here's the funny thing. America, please stop lying. Please stop saying y'all care about veterans when there's so many homeless veterans on the street. When right. most veterans can't even get that care. Please stop lying. And that's why Drew Brees, your statement sounds freaking ridiculous. Right. Because there are so veterans in weekend that are homeless. Yeah. Ignorant. It's ridiculous. Can't get care. Doesn't get the benefits from going to war. My uncle lost his kidney and he's from Agent Orange when he went to go fight and he's still In trying Vietnam, to get yeah. medical care for that. Right. So yes, black lives matter, black lives matter, black lives matter. And that means no disrespect to no other life. Right. But we are becoming an endangered species.
0: I, I found it interesting to, to see how many people wanted to put up, you know, all lives matters. And, you know, me and a couple of friends, you know, were making the point, you know, and some of our people that we knew were putting this up and uh, we made communication to these people and said, you know, that is a Klux Klan and a white supremacy statement. This is a parallel argument to black lives matters. So I would be extremely careful and take that down. I remember when a friend – the first time that happened, a friend sent me a message saying – and he was very concerned because he knew this guy. He he worked with him in Hollywood, and the first thing I said was he's either ignorant, he either doesn't know what it means, or he's complicit. We may not know him the way we think we know him, and I I would be very careful with communicating with this guy. Because if you put right. All Lives Matters, I mean, come on, you put All Lives Matters in Siri, if you put it right now, and listen <laughs> to me, guys, listen to me, audience, you know, if you put Black Lives All Lives Matters right now into Siri, and just say it to Siri, it'll give you that argument. <laughs> <laughs> it'll give you that argument oh. that that is based <sighs> on white, white supremacy and the Ku Klux Klan stance. When people say Black Lives Matters, it's a parallel argument that doesn't stand at all, in today's America?
1: It's just a deflection. Now, I'm going to just keep it simple. It is a deflection to change the narrative about black people dying. Right. Now, one time, how did the word Black Lives Matter disrespect anybody else's life? Same thing with the breast cancer and the autism example that I gave. It's a deflection. And, and, and you know what bothers me the most? When all these black lives are lost, people want to go through the history of the victim or the right. deceased, but they never go through the history of the shooter. Was George right. Floyd perfect? Absolutely not. No. I do not condone any of the bad things that the young man did, but yet he, without sin, cast the first stone. I'm not perfect. Right. I'm not no criminal. I haven't done none of those acts, but that man did not deserve the right to die that way. I Seriously. have. Why I've, done a, of, I, I've done a lot of I've, I've done I
0: have i have done a lot of bad things in my life, and I guarantee to you, uh, they wouldn't they would not come after me in a court case in that way. They would somehow deflect it and say, You, you know, like just like a rape case. You're trying to oh, shame oh, oh, that
1: that. you know what I'm saying? I'm so glad There is a rape case. With the, I, I forgot what school it was when the white dude raped the black girl behind the dumpster right. and got away with it because they said they didn't want to ruin That's his, right. I think he was a swimmer. I think he's a swimmer. Yep. And they said they he didn't want swimmer. to ruin his future because he was a good person. <laughs> what, yeah. the?
0: what the fuck, right?
1: Are you serious? Are you serious? Crazy. he that be a black man, he would have fried.
0: He would have, he been, fried, so. he would have been hung. He would have been lynched. He what? would have been tarred and feathered. He would have been killed.
1: Black men can sell weed and face 25 years for weed, but a white man can rape a black woman and nothing happens. Right. I don't right. understand it. Every time a white person does something like opioids, oh, they need counseling. That's right. all it is. It's just counseling. It's, oh yeah, and then if you, like, say, you then, the same right,
0: and then you sell a Lucy cigarette and you get and, and, and you get you know basically smashed to the ground, I can't breathe, and then murdered. Because you're selling a Lucy cigarette that's about, you know, a dollar, maybe 55 cents.
1: And please stop with these state statistics about how many whites are being arrested. Well, if you guys are the majority, that means more people would be arrested. But if you do the ratio... Um, as the same, you are not being killed at the same speed. You are not filling up the prisons at the same speed. And you guys are not facing the same dilemma in America because you grew up with privilege. You grew up with power. You grew up having. You were not the have-nots wanting stuff. So the environment that you grew up in is totally different than what a black man grew up in. Right. Because you already had while we're still trying to get. You guys have been playing Monopoly for a long time. Right.
0: And we, there we a, there
1: you, are, you and, no, go ahead, please. I, 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 there's a speech for you that I want you to check out off yes. the radio when we're done talking. And um, I'm going to send it to you um, okay. with this young lady, oh, my God, just brilliant. And she explains the monopoly and saying, if you played Monopoly for 400 years and you bought all the land and everything else and we just started the race. Mm-hmm. But every time we get a little something, you burn it down. How the hell are we supposed to ever survive? I did a speech about Monopoly myself, right? And I talked about Monopoly is the system of life. Okay. Have you ever played Monopoly before? Has the audience ever played Monopoly before? The first two pieces on the Monopoly board is Mediterranean and Baltic. That is the purple two pieces. That is the hood. That is the property that nobody wants. (laughs) The two pieces that everybody wants on Monopoly, guess what that is? Boardwalk. Park Place, those are the most expensive properties, but in order to land on those two properties, you've got to be able to survive and make it all the way around the board and hope you land on it, right? Right. Okay. Do you pay utility bills? Just a question, sir. Yeah. Do you pay utility bills? Ain't that on yeah. the Monopoly board? The light bulb? Right. The uh, water faucet? The income tax? Okay. Have you ever seen a police officer or a jail? Isn't that on Monopoly board? And they put it in the opposite corners, and then they got a place where you can just go visit your homie who got locked up. Don't that sound like the system that we're living in right now? Have you ever heard of WIC, food stamps? Don't that sound like community chess? Have you ever had a drug dealer or a gangster? Don't that sound like somebody taking a chance with their life? We've been playing Monopoly for the longest, but the problem is we don't own no property. And every time we leave our house, our home, we are spending money landing on someone else's property trying to survive. And you ain't the banker. So how will you ever win? And then, when you decided to become the banker, we gonna burn that shit down to the ground. Hmm. Those are the facts.
0: Have you thought about any any portions? You know, one thing I, I do want to say is is it, it seems to me that the black community has almost been forced to have institutionalized PTSD. If you need to tell, if you need to... Go ahead.
1: I said, I'm just saying 400 years worth.
0: That's right. If you need to continually tell your children, be careful what you're saying. This is what happens when you get pulled over. I don't want you to go out tonight because, you know, you might get shot. And, and the fear you have when you hear, you know, the, the, any siren or getting pulled over, which doesn't happen to white people, by the way. They don't get that fear that I might get shot today.
1: No, they talk it, back. It, they fight. They take officers' vehicles. Yeah. A the bunch guy of uh, the officer and didn't get killed at all. They yeah, a, murdered a whole bunch of people in a church, and they took him out to eat. That's right. And they
0: put a vest on him.
1: Come on, man. I mean, yeah. you got four officers that took George Floyd's life, but yet they wouldn't get arrested. But then the people who peacefully protested, you arrested over 4,000 for four. Right. What about those statistics? Right.
0: I had somebody tell me about, you know, I, you know, I was, there, when it first happened with George Floyd, I was very sad. And somebody said to me, uh, well, he must have done something. He must have resisted somehow. It's like, are you crazy? Are, are you insane? Like, this well, is your a, first well, response?
1: Watch the video. Just yeah. watch the video.
0: You know, what's interesting no, is that you had, a, you had a white woman who was videotaping and a couple of white women who, who were screaming back. And then you had one black man who was ta- who was experienced in, in martial arts, who was letting him know exactly what he was doing. So I, I found that interesting that the, the entire community came together to, to let this, these people know that you're doing the wrong thing. And that right. guy, Tao Tao, you know, was fighting back and pushing him back and and. He was complicit, a 100% complicit to the this situation. This is, this is the reason why we have second-degree murder for one, and we have accomplices mm-hmm. to second-degree murder
1: for the rest of them. Now, this is what's so weird about that. If they were black, they would all be charged the same, and it would be said guilty by association. Right. But the police officers, because they wear the badge, they have a system that protects them from being charged the same way a citizen can be charged. And that's what's so crazy. They have their own whole legal system. But what I take it is, here's my thing as a soldier. We have to follow the Geneva Convention rules. And if we do not, you can be considered a traitor. That's right. Right? So my thing is, you have police officers that have training, police officer training. There is a difference between a police officer, a bully, and a murderer. And you should be charged accordingly to whichever category you fall in. Because at the end of the day, you are still a human being. And if it's right. good for the gander, what's good for the gander is good for the goose. Right. They should be you know, charged you, just like if me and you did that.
0: I, I'm glad you mentioned the Geneva Convention because, you know, I've, I've been standing on that for my entire life. And, and I really wish there was a Geneva Convention for police officers, for people in law. Maybe. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like you shouldn't, you like, should like not that. follow the officers if it's an unethical Conversation. If it's an unethical movement, you, you know that, that's right. why th- this whole thing is happening.
1: Right. You see, what this is what most people got to understand. The police badge, with birth from the slave patrol, it is right. the exact same badge.
0: You know. Thank you for bringing that up. Exactly.
1: How can we remove some, excuse me, how can we remove racism from the police department when it was born from racism? That's why people are treated differently, because you was a nigger catcher when you were the slave patrol bandage. You had to make sure right. that the nigger came back to the plantation to work, and they right. couldn't leave, and they couldn't get away with it. Right. So how can we remove that seed from the police and they are treating them the same exact way. You better not cross the gun line, boss. Because if you cross right. the gun line, we're gonna kill you. Like even in my book, Thank you, shout out to the millennials again, I put bullet holes as the stars. And the reason why I did <laughs> that is because it's the new That's hanging. Awesome. Because when they used to hang us as slaves, it used to be for public display. Now technology has the new hangings as public display for the whole world to see. Yeah. I just did a movie called Evolution of Slavery that I will be releasing to the world where I have to fix the music one because I don't want the rights to the music that I have attached to it, but I did it as I'm a film student. It's my first project, but it's something very, very powerful. that just talks about how slavery has evolved. We are still slaves. It just looks differently. It just looks differently. Right. Now, here's the funny thing about slavery. Black people never freed each other, right? We didn't free ourselves but it's all about about the money. So in finance, they have this thing called assets with liability equals owner's equity, correct? Right. Okay. So as a slave, you're an asset, but at the same time, you're a liability, which takes away from the owner's equity because you out there picking cotton, I'm making money off the cotton you're picking, but I got to feed you, I got to take care of you, and all of that takes away from how much money I make at the end. But if I free you, nigga, where are you going to go anyway? Right. You don't own nothing. You're going to come back and work from me. And now that liability portion has just been removed. And now that owner's equity portion has just been increased. Hmm. It was always a money move. Right. And when we went to war, black people saved the war. That Confederate flag, black people saved that because we never showed up. That, oh, that, 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 that battle, we would have, we, we, we'd have lost we would have lost. Right. And all those wars, if black people were not there helping to fight, we would have lost. And the only reason why we won, and I want everyone on the, in the audience to hear me. Hear me, please, 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 please. If you ain't heard nothing yet, this is the most powerful part. The only reason why we won in history was because we won together. Right. Together. right? How powerful are we, can be, as Americans, or as people, or as human beings in the world if we were united. Right.
0: Right. I, I 100% don't believe that if we did not protest peacefully the way we have right now, those three officers would never have been con- you know, never. arrested uh, or accounted in. Nothing they happened. would have happened. It would have been one guy probably got yeah. extra pay. <laughs>
1: exactly. Not too bad.
0: You know, and when people say, like, I don't believe in protest, it's like, what do you think Martin Luther King did in Selma, Alabama? You would never have had Lyndon Johnson riding over the Civil Rights Act.
1: That would never have happened. Here's the funny thing about Martin Luther King, right? Him and Malcolm X were two opposite ends of that spectrum. That's at right. the end of their careers and at the end of their lives, their perspectives started to switch and they started to merge. Because Martin Luther King said, I believe I have led my people into a burning building. Malcolm X, can you tell me one protest, one protest that he did where he preached rioting and looting? And people have to right. understand this. When we go to the protest, three things happen. You have protesters, you have looters, and you have rioters. Right. Those are three different things and losers are criminals and i don't, I don't, I don't think you're going to disagree with me on that one young lady right just youtube how can we win yeah i'm gonna send you the link please call how can we win and it's done by david jones media powerful speech because i don't want to take credit for something that someone else said powerful sure. and life-changing
0: how can, you know, f- from your opinion, f- from your experience, how can we win?
1: Unity. That is the only way. Yeah. That's why I said that about history. The only way to win is to unite. Because yeah. without it, guess what we going to do? There's a video, there's another video that went um, viral. It's with a young man, and he's talking to this guy. He's 45 years old. The young man was 31, and he had a 16-year-old son there. Had a 16-year-old son at the protest. And the 45 year old man was just tired. He's just fed up. He's just sick of this, right? And he wants to loot, riot, break stuff. And he said, son, and he was telling the man, you got to calm down because obviously your way didn't work. Obviously, my way didn't work when Rodney King got beat in the 92 riots. Son, you got to figure out a new way. You got to come up with the same way because you can see this vicious cycle that happened to this man, that happened to your daddy. And now the responsibility will fall onto to you to do something different. Or 10 years from now, you would be right here in this position, doing exactly what daddy's doing and doing exactly what this young man is doing. And I just thought it was so elegantly and beautifully and so truthfully, painfully ugly, but it was true. Right. We will you know, continue I, to go ahead. repeat this. That's why we're here 400 years later. That's a long time, by the way. Four hundred yep. years is a
0: long, long time, and we've seen Four people go years, to the
1: moon.
0: We've, we've seen people go to the moon. I mean, we, we have we have Instagram now. We have we have uh, FaceTime. We have, uh, you know, I want I, want, I, want, I want my, my my flying car and my jetpack, and I can't believe we're still having. it. You know, that's what that's what bothered me about Drew Brees. It's like,
1: Everything else is the ball, but we have it. Huh?
0: It's like, are you serious, man? Like, you, yeah. you just missed the ball. First of all, I don't know why you're talking. And, it, like, you're basically throwing gasoline on, on, on a fire. But to continue
1: to have that stance,
0: I, I, I don't understand where you're coming from. I just don't. Because hey, let me
1: hit you with this one. Yeah. Let me hit you with this one. Drew, you went to the military, you, you ran man. with the soldiers, you started doing cadence. You took that cadence, and you took that to the NFL. And then you want to hype your team, like, you follow our cadence, and you do our chance and everything else. If anyone's disrespecting us, it's you. Right. Because that is what the flag really means. That is what we fought for. So if anyone right. disrespected, you did, while Colin honored it. Right. How about that? Right. You stole I, from I, our I get... culture. You, you culture-appropriated you all the dimensions.
0: He her? absolutely did. He absolutely, 100% he did.
1: 100%. And, and, and we, can go, we, we can even go bigger than that. NFL, you co- 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 uh, culturally appropriated the United States. Every right. sports. Because guess what? You know how I say that? Because the national anthem was used for money purposes. Right. To make money, to make it seem as if it was more patriotic to make money off of our blood, sweat, and tears. So you used us to make a profit. You didn't care about us either. Because it's funny how y'all blackballed Colin Kaepernick and said, you can't take a knee. But then when Donald Trump said something about the NFL shield, the next year, y'all took a knee. How the hell did that?
0: Calls them sons of bitches, by the way. Sons of bitches.
1: <laughs> Listen, I've got this phrase in the end of the book. I don't remember it perfectly, so forgive me. But God help me when I say this. I say, bear with me, President Trump, Congratulations, you're amazing. And the reason why I say you're amazing is because of out of all the people born in the United States, you have became president, and everybody can't say they have accomplished that. But my question to you, Mr. President, my question to you, Mr. President, is how can you say grab women by the pussy? What does that mean to the woman in America? And what right. type of men are you raising? My second question to you is, said you call Callan Kaepernick a son of a bitch. That's right. Because he's a black man? Then what are you saying to your black community? Not only that, when it comes to the Mexicans or Spanish or my Latino brothers and sisters, you took them from their home. So you just imagine coming home and your daughter's not there, your son's not there, your husband's right. not there, your wife's not there. That doesn't sound like the American dream to me. Right. It doesn't. So who are you protecting? Whose side are you on? Which way are you leading us? Because if we follow your example and we do the same thing that you're doing, then what did America be? Right. That's the last page of the book. That's not exactly what I said, but that's the principle or the basis of what it was, because I'm passionate about that. I'm passionate. President Trump, if you're going to be in that seat, then be the president. Be the president. Be the example. Be the example of what a family man should look like. Be the example of what a leader should look like, because you can tell when you have a good leader, leader by his following. Well, look what's happening in America while you're in that seat. Right. Where are you leading us to? And COVID Hell. did nothing but start to expose the truth. Right. That's it. COVID is COVID is exposing your neighbors. This Black Lives Matter movement is exposing people. And I would rather know that you're a snake than for you to be able to stab me in my back and be my friend. It's interesting, all to, this see how,
0: it's interesting to see how all these causes are, are disproportionately hitting black men and women differently than it's hitting white america covid black lives matters it, it's hitting people disproportionately cuz covid was hitting the black community big time black men and women were refusing to wear masks cuz they were afraid of being arrested you can just type in youtube listen to me audience go go into youtube and just just type that in type in um uh, mask arrests or mask black man arrests. And you'll see doctors, people being harassed for wearing, for wearing COVID-19 masks. And you wonder mm-hmm. why, why, why black America will not wear a mask. They, they don't want to get
1: arrested. They don't want to be harassed. Go deeper than that. You can go to New York. You can go to New Jersey where black people were outside wearing a mask, social, practicing social distancing and got beat. Got arrested, but five miles down the street you have white right. America out there chilling doing whatever they wanted to do. You can't tell right. me they ain't no privilege. You can't tell me this is the same. Right. And guess what? The world is watching and that's why it's beautiful. Right. Because you can't lie. That's, that's 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 one thing about the internet. That's one beautiful thing about the internet. You can't lie no more right. when you get the right the right content. When you get the truthful content, you can't lie no more. You can't condition. Because they would have you think when you was a kid growing up, Africa was horrible. And they would have the commercials, right, with a, with a, with a uh, child that had been malnourished and had a fly in the eye. And you're like, donate, donate, donate. That is not just Africa. Africa is beautiful. But they never show you that. So they condition you to think that it's just one way. You can't condition people no more. Mm-hmm. Right. Damn sure can't condition these millennials because they want to know the truth, they're going to get the truth, and they're seeking the truth, and they're talking about the truth. Right. As a military man, when
0: you saw all those white men with their AR-15 552s, cold 6920s or 6940s, yelling, yelling in, 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 in public buildings, in private buildings, in, in government buildings, yelling at cops Public, private police about COVID-19, how it's a, all these b- balonies and, and they're fully armed and they have, they have jackets on, by the way. I mean, they have bulletproof yep. vests on mm-hmm. and then they're you're watching. What they
1: believe they're patriotic. That's
0: right. They're, they're patriotic human beings. And you see black mm-hmm. America. And if you go out there and peacefully protest, you're going to get beaten. You're going to get, you're going to get tear gassed, you're going to get popped off. You're going to get, you know, uh, you know, you know, some uh, some pe- pellets hitting hitting you. That doesn't that doesn't really make any sense to me whatsoever. That that's the that's not the America that I that I ever saw as being appropriate.
1: Well, we ain't never seen an appropriate America.
0: And I want to no. shout out
1: my boy Flink Johnson, who played Black Jesus, and he's the voice of Grand Theft Auto. Oh yeah, was, I love it. I love it. You know why I love it? Because the world gets to see the damn truth. So all of them, here's the thing. It ain't just black people out there riding. Let's get that for once. Because you got white right. boys out there with skateboards, and you got all different types of groups and associations out there tearing stuff up. And I love it. And the reason why he says he loves it is because now you cannot hide the ugly truth anymore. Because guess what the world doing? They got their popcorn sitting in their living room, in their country, wherever, and looking at this BS. And they're right, you will not stand for it. And that's why you have Paris, New Zealand, and all these other different countries standing up. And that's why you have these listeners because they don't have to listen to this podcast, they don't have to care about what we're talking about. But they're listening right. right now because they are intrigued. They are watching a movie in real life, a horror film of America that's going on right now, that's being documented. We are in the middle of history and it will change and we will not be silent. Our voices will be heard and we will continue, continue, continue because guess what, president Trump, that's what you taught us to do. So thank you. Yeah.
0: Our audience has been increasing as we've been talking. We're at 1500 people right now, listening in right now uh, from around the world, including America, of course, but, you know, to our audience out there, I, you know, these are important conversations. And I, I understand that this is a different format that I've been using for quite a while. But I want you to understand that when you have a platform, to not use it is, is n- not only unethical, I think, but, but it's also against, at least for me, I'm going to speak for myself, it, it's, it's against what I believe in. When I fought for Rodney King, I was working for the police department. I was working for them and I was going to college for forensic pathology and criminal justice. And I still, I still uh, protested for Rodney King. At the same time, I did help out and clean up and I did help out the police department and I was telling them they're doing a great job because they're not the, the, the six guys who beat the crap out of Rodney King. But the reason why I did that was because, you know, there is a parallel. There is what, what you feel and what, what is right. I feel like I need to stand out for for people who are disenfranchised. I believe that I need to do what is right. And I feel, and I feel that the world is slanted. And the world is slanted. And Colin Kaepernick called it years ago. Four years ago, he called it out. And people were refusing to listen to him, refusing to listen to him. Calling it more about the flag, calling it more about the flag. And now you're seeing police officers, civil servants. You're seeing all these political governors, mayors taking a knee. And by the way, when the NFL begins again, you're going to see a lot of players taking a knee. So I would, I would start getting used to that.
1: Look, we missed the boat when Colin took the knee. A lot of people did. Colin talked yeah. about, imagine us all being in a ship in the ocean, right? Yeah. And Colin yeah. is one of the sailors. On the boat, and he's trying to tell the captain, "Hey, there's a tip of the iceberg right there. Watch out for the tip of the iceberg." Right. Nobody wanted to listen because they thought it was a tip of the iceberg. But so what you right. don't understand about glaciers is that bottom part that's up under, up under it. Right. Nice. See, we are only seeing what technology has shown us, right? Right. right. We are not seeing. All the murders and all the rapes and all the deaths that have happened up under that water, the 400 years of that, we haven't seen that. And I want people to understand this. I love y'all, man. This ain't, this, this ain't just hate. This ain't just anger. This is more than that. This is a real conversation you, about how do don't, we get don't, back to loving us.
0: You don't sound angry to me. You, you, you sound very clean, very clear. You're, you're you're being very articulate. You don't sound angry at uh, at all. I'm probably angrier <laughs> than you are.
1: <laughs> P- people 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 will miss. See, the, the reason why I can't show my passion is because I don't want people to misconfuse the passion with, oh look, he's just another emotional, angry black man. Right. So I, in order for that, that not to happen, That's I have to crazy. articulate myself to where I am.
0: It, it, t- you tell know, me,
1: tell me, so you know,
0: I, how, I want to, I want, I want to understand, you know, a, on a deep level, like, how, how much is, is that almost
1: embarrassing, or
0: almost humiliating it, to, it, hap- it, it, to it's have very to, to have?
1: <laughs> Go ahead. Well, Oscar Micheaux calls it, who was the first black director, tunis. People call it code switching, but yeah. it's sad that we have to do that for our basic human rights. We shouldn't have to prove that we're equal because we are equal already. We shouldn't have to shout Black Lives Matter because we already matter. It's almost disrespectful to have to say Black Lives Matter. It's almost disrespectful to try to have to convince other races that we are important too. It's almost disrespectful and humiliating to say, hey, don't kill me. I'm a good person. We shouldn't even have to do that. So it's disrespectful to even have to do that. And for the law enforcement, how can you protect me if you fear me? Right. Now, here's my thing. I'm not saying there's no good cops out there. Excuse me. I'm not saying that there are no good cops out there. I'm just wondering, where are you when all these bad situations are happening? Right. Where are you in the police department? Because you know who the bad apples are. There's a funny example by Chris Rock where he talks about airplane pilots, right? And I just can't be a, a you know. Oh yeah. And the example was. <laughs> you, you, you know, yeah, you I know to, this one. You yeah. <laughs> you
0: No, no, please. This is your. This is your forum, my friend.
1: <laughs> well, he's basically talking about you can't be a good pilot sometimes and a bad pilot sometimes because so many That's people right. lose their lives. So <laughs> they just got to clean it up, and you can only just have good pilots. The same way you can right. only have good cops, and you should be able to go through the cops' history and weed out who are not good cops. How could you have, have to, bad? How could you have bad apples as pilots? Because,
0: pilot. because of the landing process, it's like, well, you know, he tried to land. You know, he, he did the best he could. You can't have bad. You can't have bad pilots. You can't have bad apples as pilots. But you can have bad apples as cops. That, that, first of all, first of all, I'm offended by the comment of bad apples. First of all, apples are great. You're a piece of shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, like you, you are, you know, like this one guy. You know, just very recently, he was a police officer, and I don't remember what his name is. And who cares? But was, he made a remark. You know, he was making. A, he was working for Detroit. He was making a remark of like, you know, going out to the zoo and he'll go. Gonna, I'm going to go uh, arrest some monkeys oh. tonight. Oh. And it's like you know, they arrested him almost immediately because they they had the social. He wrote it on social media. He, right. made, he made a text, uh, and he looked like a – I mean, if you looked at with, him, yeah, he looked with, like a Nazi. Go ahead.
1: There's another one where they have a radio call where a girl buys a radio, right? And, you know, radios yeah. have different frequencies. So That's he right. picked up a frequency of the police officers, and they're talking about $100 for a nigga, $50 for a Mexican. Why are Mexicans so cheap? Because there are so many of them. It's just disrespectful <laughs> for you to think about the human beings like that. Wow. Like, this ain't no video game. Right.
0: I saw, I saw one cop out there, and he—he and uh, he smashed. The, you know, he was a—I think he was Indonesian or Filipino, but he was—he was standing there, rocking back and forth on on his on on the middle of his of his feet, not on his heels, not on his toes. And he's rocking back and forth and kind of biting his lower lip, like like when you're playing, you know, COD, you know, Call of Duty and what have you. Right. And, and he and he this one white guy, you know, ran over. And, and it's filmed. It's it, you can see it. He saves an officer, picks up his legs, brings him over, and helps him out. Now he sees another right. guy get shot in the head with a rubber bullet, and he talks to these guys. It's like, well, what are you guys doing? You shouldn't be shooting people in the head. That guy stances right and shoots the guy in the chest. <laughs> and it's like, you know what I'm saying. And and the, and the, and the police chief came out and said. You know, I stand by him, he's a good guy, he's doing the best he can. I'm like, "You know what? You know, well, why, that... don't he get, why
1: don't we get those breaks? Why, yeah, George't get those... George, George Floyd doesn't get that break.
0: yeah why that doesn't that he get that he break? Back,
1: you he, get he had a well, you know,
0: he, had, not, he, he had a20 dollars bill, and we didn't know he, didn't, he might have not known if there was counterfeit. We don't, you don't know that. You, uh-huh. you killed a man over a crime that he may not have known
1: that he was committed. Very possible. And I'd rather look at the, the latter and say it's true. Yeah. But I don't want to come off biased because, oh, it's a black guy trying to save another black guy. Well, it's, a billion, 20, listen,
0: it's, a, it's a $20 $1. bill. It's a $20 bill. You're going to kill somebody over 20 I mean, seriously, you're going to kill somebody over $20 bill? He, he was handcuffed. There's,
1: there's another video, right, where this, they're at the park. And there's some children ride, driving in a power wheel. And the white lady goes off on the, child, on the mother of the children. Why are they just driving all over? And she's like, they're just playing. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? That's not the problem. They don't even have a license. She says, ma'am, it's a power wheel. I don't care what it is. They shouldn't be. J-. It's just that. that's how ridiculous it's becomes. Right. That's how right. bad it is. Right. And we have to do better in that. Yeah.
0: Bird, bird watching while being black, jogging while being black, sitting at a Starbucks while being black, you know, jogging while being black, black. sleeping while being black, eating ice cream in your own apartment while being black.
1: Building businesses, black wall strike while while being black. It's so many different narratives. There's so many different things that we can throw out there because you're black. Right.
0: It's insane. Going to your apartment building while being black, picking up trash while being black.
1: Look, I'm... This is what the audience need to know. I ain't never met you in my life. We just talked, and you hit me on Instagram, and now we're here. Right. I want to tell you thank you because you didn't have to share your platform. I want to tell you thank you for allowing me to speak to an audience that you built, right? Yeah. I want to right. tell you thank you. So this is it's bigger than just we're, we're talking about the racist We're talking about the money-hungry people in power that don't give a damn about no one else. We're talking about people that want to take separate the have versus the have-nots. We want to talk about the people that are racist, that are just oppressing black people. That's who we're addressing, because there are a lot of good white people out there doing the right thing for all the right reasons. And for those who are sitting in silence, for those who say they don't know, for those who are just truly wanting to be ignorant, we're only asking you if you want to make a difference to just show up. Open up your platform like this young man is doing for me right now. And this is how we make a difference. I had a friend who was Jewish. His name is Elan, And he said, King, I want to tell you I'm sorry, but I feel like I'll be disrespecting you because I know I have white privilege. I have a privilege that I was born with that I never asked for, but I know I'm privileged and I'll never face what you face. How do we make a change? And right there, that's how we start making a change. Right, right. there in that moment you got to be honest about the difference between us and equality. you got to be honest about racism. you got to be honest about your white privilege. you got to be honest to understand that you grew up in neighborhoods that we didn't grow up in. So when you see crime, when you see all these different things, understand it's because of the environment that someone's trying to survive. If you want to go scientific, we call it fight or flight. The have versus the have not. How would you feel to watch someone else for 400 years have everything while you have nothing? That's why black people want to – sometimes you see black people out there, you know, buying new cars, buying this, flashing. Because guess what? For the first time in our life, we get a chance to feel like it's okay to be human, and we shouldn't have to feel that way. Everybody should have that right. Everybody should be able to have the same type of success if you work hard for it. Right. I hate when I fill out a job resume and ask me what race I am. What does the race <laughs> have to do with my qualifications or my skill set? Exactly, exactly. I hate how black women are culturally appropriated. I hate, no disrespect, Kylie Jenner is talking about big lips and everything else because black women have a button injection and all these other different things and how black women are bantu knots and black women are culturally appropriated and then it's sold and marketed back to them. I hate it going into Chinese stores, no disrespect to them and then. You know what I'm saying? They're selling weed and all these different products. These are so culturally appropriate. I'm not talking about the people. I'm just talking about the cultural appropriation. I hate going to a movie theater and the movie is about black people and black history, but you only see white actors in it. Right. It's unfair. And we have to do better. I'm not saying we can't discuss these topics because the topics need to be discussed. I'm just saying there's better ways for us to make change together united and we have to do that together united if we're going to make this change we have to do it together united and that's how we win we win together holding hands amen
0: amen you know i i I had a bunch of people they they texted me they emailed me they put it on my instagram one was vicious and then when I put on the show, a second wave of going against me, your career is over, your show is over, yada, yada. Thank God I put on the show on my own.
1: <laughs> Thank God I pay with my own credit right. card. because when you, you own can, your own, can't nobody treat you that way.
0: Nope, you can kiss my ass. I'm doing what the hell I want to do, and I'm doing the right thing. And this is my platform, and I give it to other people who are in, in whatever situation they're in. Because I feel it's the right thing to do. And I'm on the right part of history. So if you think my career is over, well, as long as I keep on paying, I think my career is going to keep on going. Now, we're running out of time really fast. And I'm I'm so enjoying this conversation so much. I want to ask you this one thing. You know, I've heard, which is really troubling. I've heard so many people say, I don't want to speak about this. Or I better be careful what I say because my career might be over. What, what exactly does that
1: mean to you? Colin Kaepernick. Right? So here's the thing. If I can make an example out of you, no one else will be willing to follow. Colin Kaepernick took a knee. A couple of people took a knee, but guess what? They didn't want to take a knee, and they were scared to take a knee because they thought their career would be over. Well, what about just being a good human being and your ethics or your morals or your soul? I want to, it's like this in life, right? Three things happen. You're born, you die. The question is, what do you do in the meantime? Right. What type of legacy will you leave? Does a job, is a job more important than your humanity? Right. Will you always be in the position of a beggar saying, I need a job. Give me this, give me that. Or will you create your own? And that's why when I told you a long time ago in this conversation, that conversation that I had with Myrna Witt, who was white, who changed my life, I love her so much, you have to start creating your own. Because when you know who you are and when you're free, can't nobody else manipulate you with the control of, I'll take your job. I'll take this from you. You can't take what's mine. Right. That's like, that's, that's a my point. Um, Oh my God, he's a good He wanted to go to prison all that time and whatever else. And he said, you, you might be able to take my body, but you can't take my mind. Right. How many, you, you, you might have your job, but you are mentally enslaved. And all my business owners who have businesses that have been looted and rioted and have been torn down, I'm sorry that happened to you. I understand how you feel, and I won't disrespect how you feel. And I'm only going to tell you this, and I only want to say this one time to you. How many people died and got killed for you to be in a position to have that business anyway? And what is good is that business if on the way home you get pulled over by the police and they get your, your life dictated? How much was the business worth then? Right. My girlfriend probably... said, some people say freedom is free, but I tend to disagree because the battle that was won was through the barrel of a gun. What sacrifice will you pay for equality? Nice. <laughs> that's very, <rare>. that's nice. <laughs>
0: Carlos, you—I have three minutes. I have three minutes left with you, my friend. And, and like yes, I said, you, you know, you were—you were an excellent guest. I'd love to have you on in the Thank future you. to talk about different different things. You know, um, you're a stand-up guy, man. You t- tell us in, in three minutes, please. You know, what does Black Lives Matter mean to you? And what is I... what does the protesting mean
1: to you? Okay. I think it's disrespectful that we have to yell Black Lives Matter for you to hear us instead of you just being a human being and realizing that our lives matter already. I find it disrespectful that we have to go in the protest and yell and scream for your acceptance when we are already accepted as people because we were born here just like you were born here. But. Guess what? If that's what we have to do, then we're going to do what we have to do because we deserve the same rights, the same equality, because we are people just like you. We want the same success just like you. And that's one thing when I was in the military that blew my mind when I traveled. Man, I've been lied to. I'm insane. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm in Alaska. I'm in Bosnia. I'm going all go to different places, and I just saw the truth. People just want to be happy. People just want success all over the world no matter where they are. People just want the success, the opportunity to be able to take care of their family, to be able to live a good life, to be able to pass on a legacy, to be able to pass on a journey. People just want that opportunity, and we are being robbed of those opportunities. We are being robbed of civil rights. We are being robbed of being able to love our loved ones. We are being robbed of being able to live a a full lifespan. We are being being robbed of education. We are being robbed of joy. We are just blatantly being robbed. And now that the world is watching, all of it will change. All of it will change. You will no longer rob our people of anything. You will no longer rob us of our past, and you will no longer rob us of of our future. Because we will unite. We will come together. Every single color of the crayon bus will unite and come together. And that's what we're doing worldwide. Just not America. Just not America. Because what is America to the whole world? We're only one piece of this puzzle. Every single piece of the puzzle will come together and unite and create a worldwide change for all the right readers not for your money, not for your power, not for whatever reasons you are trying to do to manipulate the masses. I saw this post on Facebook where it was a couple of people on top of the Monopoly board, and they were laughing and giggling. And they said if only they knew all they had to do was stand up together. Well, guess what, damn it? Today is that day. Today is the day of reckoning, and we recognize that. We will stand together. We will love together. We will get along together. We will grow businesses together. Worldwide, we will come together, and technology has brought us together, and you cannot change it. It's too late. It's too late. You don't let the world see your true color, and we know what's going on. You can't hide it anymore. You can't hide it anymore because now we are uniting together, and I love everybody. I love every single color in the crayon block. I love all of us because without y'all, there is no world. There is nothing. That's what I want to say.
0: We need to go now. Thank you so much for, for joining us today. Thank you. Do you, Do you want people to know how to contact you? Do you want people to to see you on Instagram? Do you, do you want do you want to let people know that, or do you want to keep that to yourself?
1: Yeah, that's fine. I'm I'm, I'm open because I'd rather live for something or die. You know, the phrase Jesus, I can't get out. Yeah, I, I'd rather
0: I'd rather stand up for something than die on my knees.
1: Thank you. Um, my Instagram is. Or you can get my book, the war on Friendly That's the website. A war on my Instagram is Team Jacquel Morgan. That's K I N G J A U E L L M A R T I N. Let's come together, man. Let's unite. And your real
0: name is Carlos Martin.
1: Yes, sir. Oh, you've been a great
0: guest. Thank you so much for being on here today. Thank you for telling us your truth. Thank you for being brave enough to, to be on the show and, and to educate everybody who's listening right now because they're better and smarter people after this broadcast than they were before. And that was, that's because yes, of sir. you, man. That's because of you.
1: Well, that's because of all of us. Not just me. I don't want no credit. I left for a dime. Don't want a dime. This ain't about money. This ain't nothing. This is all about for me. Just talk. Uh loving each other. This is about
0: it takes one single voice to make a change. And for all those people out there that, that don't think that, you're wrong. Obviously, you're wrong. It only takes one voice like yourself to speak up, speak truth yeah. to power, articulate your experiences, you know, that and make people yeah. uh, or help, help people, not make people, but help to understand the plight of humans of the human
1: experience. Right. I feel like Tupac. I just want to be the spark that ignites the flame to make change. Nipsey Huckle said the marathon continues. Well, guess what, Nipsey? I love you. Rest in power and love. But this time, we're going to make sure it's not a marathon, brother. We're going to yeah. unite together because if everybody unites together, it becomes a sprint. And we're going to cross that finish line together. Rest in peace.
0: All right, brother. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you a clap out. I appreciate you being on my show. I I can say a a lot of things right now, but you I'm going to give you a little clap out, and and God bless you, and and thank you for being on the show today.
1: Thank you. Have a beautiful day. Love you guys, everybody in the audience. Thank you for listening. Thank you, my friend. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) That's a clap for all of us. That's a clap for all of us. (laughs) That's right, my friend.
0: Have a great day, my friend. I'll see you soon. Have a great day. All right. Bye bye. Carlos Martin was an excellent guest, was he not? Do you not feel like you're a better person? Do you not feel like you're smarter because of his experience? This guy's a military man. Guy served our country. Guy protected us from from the evils of the world. You know, you, you you hear Drew Brees talk about the flag and he doesn't like people disrespecting the flag. And I I didn't hear Carlos Martin saying that uh, the flag represented him in a lot of ways. And I'll be honest, I have lots of family in the military and it didn't represent them or their friends either in a lot of ways. If you're so stuck on that flag argument, you should stop wearing flag underwear, boxers, g-strings, flag beach towels and... Flag beers I mean come on that's a dead subject a dead conversation Carlos Martin thank you so much for joining us today it was a pleasure to speak to you thank you for serving our country thank you for being the person you are today thank you for protesting and standing up for what you believe in Thank you for being on the show today And articulating the black experience The black American experience at least Thank you for that wonderful story It wasn't a wonderful story But the way, the way you told us About the story of you Going and being arrested By that by that one cop It's important us to us To hear these stories It educates all of us helps us all to understand the plight of all of us as Americans and like he said all the colors of crayons it helps us all understand what's going on and to all of you out there thank you so much for listening to the show today I really appreciate all of you this has been my platform and this is what I choose to use it for I apologize in, in some way for offending anybody. I know a lot of times we, we do the show for stunt people, actors, and, but this is a show called Forgotten People. This is not Cinemaphiles right now. This is Forgotten People. Thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for being here. I hope you're well. I hope you're taking care of yourself, taking care of your family. This is a crazy time. Not only do we have a gigantic pandemic, but we also have the George Floyd case and and rioting and, and, and protesting. We also have a gigantic unemployment case in the world. It's an intense time to live. Listen, listen. The only way to get through this is together. Through love, through honesty, through communication, through understanding. The only way to get through these situations is together. We need to be together on these things. That means put your empathy hat on. It's going to be a wild ride for a little bit longer. And will this country ever go back to normal? You know, I told you before, it most likely will go back and people will forget, but now I know it won't. The pieces have been moved and the world has changed. And I believe it's changed for the better. Please take care of yourself. Please take care of your family. Take care of your mental, your spiritual, your physical health. It's important. We need you in this world. This has been Forgotten People. I'm your host, Steve Pisa. We had Carlos Martin on today. He's been an excellent guest. I care about all of you. I love you all. And I wish the best for you. Please take care of one another. Take care of yourself. Be well.